This is the Commuter Pulse podcast, a podcast for students who live off campus at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Here, we will share key stories, resources, and useful tips for students making a daily commute to campus. We will be airing a new episode every week during the fall and spring semesters with topics ranging from dealing with stress to taking a guided tour of Student Center East. We hope you enjoy and tune in next week. If you're a student and would also like to be part of the Commuter Pulse podcast team, you can learn how to record, host, and edit audio by contacting Christina Garcia at kgarcia4 at uic.edu. Hi everyone, we're back at UIC Career Services today with Annette and Missy. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much. We're excited to be here. Awesome. So they specialize in helping UIC students and alumni with career advising, interview prep, and career fairs that connect students directly to employers, among with a bunch of other services you guys have for students. Today we'll be talking about career fairs and how to prepare for them. Um, First things first, what should students take to career fairs in terms of materials? Well, I like to uh, make sure that students know that they should bring enough copies of their resume. So that would be an obvious thing. You must bring your resume with you. I recommend generally that students bring between 10 and 20 copies, depending on how many employers they want to visit. If it's a UIC career fair and often at other public uh, job fairs as well, there will be a company list where you can kind of judge who you're going to talk to and how many of those that you would need. You want a nice uh, portfolio, professional-looking portfolio to put your resumes in. It's a good idea, if possible, to leave the backpack at home or to find a place to stash it on campus, maybe in one of the lockers in the Community Resource Center would be a good place. Um, Some students, if they're very ambitious, will go ahead and print off business cards for themselves before the fair. It's not uh, a requirement. It is a nice little additional uh, sort of a marketing piece about yourself. It might make more of a solid impression, but they're definitely not required. So those are some of the things I think that I would recommend bringing. Yeah, I think those are great suggestions for sure. I think also potentially like something to write with. Um, Students might be interacting a lot with different employer representatives. And sometimes if you get their business card, you can sort of take notes on the back of their car. Sometimes, like Annette said, you might be talking to a lot of employers and it's hard to remember the sort of like who said what or who had what suggestion. So then if you're going to go home later and hopefully follow up with them and say thank you and it was nice to meet them, it's nice to have some notes about what you talked about. So then that way you're not trying to sort of remember what those conversations looked like. So I think a pen is a little thing, but I think that's always good. Um, obviously a lot of students will have their phones with them, which is great, but I think also putting their phone on like silent or yeah. vibrate. Um, I, everyone has their phones on them, but I think it also is not like a great look while if you're waiting in line to talk to an employer and like people have their phones out and like it just seems like they're kind of distracted. Yeah, um, you so want to seem engaged while you're in person. Absolutely. Um, I think also I would always I always suggest like pack your patience, um, <laughs> right? Because I think sometimes like some of the employers right have a huge line, yeah. especially the very popular ones, and so I think students understandably are sort of frustrated to have to wait. But I think also the employers I think some can tell. If a student's like super impatient, so I'm always like, just try to be patient, try to be nice to the employers, even if you had to wait a long time, because you want to make a really good impression um, whenever you go up and talk to them. And perhaps that'd be a good opportunity to visit another table or booth that doesn't have a line, and maybe you'd make a connection with an employer there. No, absolutely. I, I do. That's a really good point. I think sometimes the smaller employers or the West uh, well-known employers get neglected. 
like in yeah. a way. And sometimes they have really good opportunities. Students may have just like never heard of them. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. So when they are attending a career fair, it's always great to look your very best. Mm -hmm. But what does that really entail? Do they do business casual, business formal? What would you guys suggest? I think that's a great question. Um, I think it depends a little bit on the fair, like I would say. So usually in the fall at UIC, there's an on-campus job fair. I would say that's probably like a more casual like kind of fair. You can also be a little bit dressed up, but I would say like you know, the all majors fair, which is usually in the spring, or the diversity fair, which is in the fall, those are more um, traditional career fairs. So I think things like slacks, a button-down shirt, sweater, sometimes students can wear a suit. I think the engineering career fair and the business career fair are a good ones definitely potentially wear a suit at. Mm -hmm. um, you know, students can, can show up in like more casual gear, but I think also sometimes you feel uncomfortable if you're kind of super casual, and then you see that your colleagues, the, your peers, are dressed up a little bit. Um, I don't think you have to wear a tie if you're a, a male student or identify as male, um, but that could be a nice touch too. Yeah. Yes, I think with uh, suits, that's a good point actually, um, because there's a lot of options out there for students. If you are investing money in a suit, some students want to get a really nice one and they go to a tailor and they can mm. spend over $300 on a custom-made mm -hmm. suit. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. I think you would still get a lot of wear out of it. You could wear it to job fairs, to interviews. You can wear it on the job itself. But you don't have to drop that much money. If you have uh, dress pants with a matching blazer, a collared shirt, you could conceivably buy those things at Target and still look presentable yeah. at a job fair. So this doesn't have to bust your budget. Um, definitely dress shoes. I know that you're on your feet a lot and you're walking. You might want to wear gym shoes because they're more comfortable. But if you can put up with that discomfort for the hour or so mm -hmm. that you're at a job fair, mm -hmm. I think that that would uh, pay off for you. I think that the professional image, whether it's a business casual or business professional, is an unconscious or a, um, a nonverbal signal to the employer how uh, motivated you are for this opportunity. And I think that that speaks volumes for you as you're interacting with employers. You have to remember at job fairs, you get five, maybe 10 minutes in front of this person. So you want to make the most of it. Yeah, you definitely want to look the part. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, especially the part that you're sort of trying, aspiring to be. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think Annette's point about the shoes is a really good point. Sometimes, you know, we can definitely put up with uncomfortable shoes for an hour, like she said. I think also that sometimes people who identify as women feel they have to wear, like, high heels. And, like, you don't. You can. You also can, like, wear very kind of classy professional flats. And, like, and like Annette said, they can be from Target. They can be from H&M. Like, yes, you can break the bank for sure, but it's not a requirement. And a lot of times students don't have that type of cash flow to have a really sort of expensive suit or expensive shoe. So you could look really nice by kind of being smart about a little bit of like bargain shopping. Um, but button down shirts, sweaters, slacks, those types of things, sometimes you can wear in place of a suit if, if a suit seems a little bit like out of your comfort zone or out of your reach. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting, too, that um, I believe last year, JCPenney did have a suit sale for college students. Mm -hmm. So perhaps if UIC does that again or um, mm -hmm. markets that again or if your school's doing that, definitely keep an eye out for that if you're mm -hmm. looking for something a little more formal. When I give presentations on preparing for job fairs, I love talking about what not to wear mm, at yeah. a job fair. No shorts, 
no jeans, no gym shoes, no t-shirts, no flip-flops. So, <laughs> you know, if you're feeling like you're, but I'm comfortable in this, um, you probably do want to put up with being a little uncomfortable for that amount of time. So. Yeah, absolutely. I was nodding my head as Annette is talking. I think, you know, you don't want to look like you're going to the gym. You don't want to look like you're rolling out of bed. You don't want to look like you're going to the beach. You want to look like, hey, I'm aspiring to this position, so I'm going to dress the part. Even though, like, obviously normal college students would never go to class in a suit, just for one day, make it happen, so that way you can look really professional at the fair. Yeah, that also, <laughs> brush your hair. Right, um, right. Keep, keep yourself polished, right. your brush nails. Your yes, brush right. your teeth. Absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes be speaking. A, a breath mint can mm-hmm. help. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the employers will have bowls of them on the mm. tables help yourself to those I mean that's sort of that's the whole point of having that available mm-hmm. absolutely yeah that's a good one I didn't think yeah. about that <laughs> um, so when you are talking to these employers what are some good questions students can ask that make them seem more interested in the company or in the position specifically and that's something students definitely want to have ready are some good questions so this goes to preparation at UIC Career Fairs on our website, we have a list of companies that are at the fair or will be at the fair. And it's a good idea to look up their websites in advance, learn something about them. What is their mission? What products do they make? What services do they provide? And that's what you can kind of base your questions on. It shows the employer that you bother to look up uh, what they do, that you care enough about their mission that you can actually articulate an intelligent question based on that. So I think it really goes back to preparation and preparing before you get in the room uh, to find out what it is that you hope to do with this company. Yeah. And I, and I think to Annette's point, like you want to have an idea of which employers to talk to. Like you don't want to sort of plan that out when you get to the fair. It's much better, because also it's so overwhelming. If there's 50 employers, that would be a lot of talking to talk to 50 employers, and plus a lot of them probably don't offer exactly what the student's looking for. So like she said, in advance, sort of look at what they do. I used to make like a note card or make lists for yourself. So that way, if I'm going to talk to Google, right, I know what Google does. And if I'm going to go talk to CDW, I know what they do. Like you don't want to ask someone to get to their table, oh, so what do you do? Right, because it shows that you, like she said, you sort of didn't yeah. do your homework. And so you want to be able to ask them intelligent questions, like Annette said, about their products. Maybe they just acquired another company. Maybe they're open to a new location. And then going on their social media, also to kind of see some of the things that they're up to, they'll be very impressed if you say something that shows you did your research versus you expect them to tell you everything like about their company um, when you're talking to them. Yeah, definitely. And then maybe perhaps, um, I know when I go to career fairs, I definitely feel that I have to be the one giving all the answers to the questions Mm. that they have. Mm. But it's good for students to get into the habit of asking questions themselves because Mm -hmm. not only are they looking for a good fit for their company, but you're looking for a good fit for your life and something that you're going to be doing. Absolutely. I mean, you're interviewing them in a way, right, as much as they're interviewing you. Um, so things, you know, questions you can ask about, you know, about, tell me about, like, the culture of this employer or this company. Tell us about, like, qual- tell me about qualities you're looking for in successful candidates. Um, what, you know, why did you want to work at this company or employer? Uh, what keeps you here? Um, what are the challenges of working here? What are the exciting things? I think that kind of have a more of a conversation versus, like, a yes and no um, type of answer. Yeah. Um, and so. it's a great way to stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Right. Do you guys have any other tips on ways that students can stand out? Because as we mentioned earlier, sometimes employers have 
long lines of students. I just saw today's career fair um, that we were, we were recording today. There was a long line just to enter the fair. Mm -hmm. So how do you stand out in a crowd, especially when you're at a like huge university like this? What, what a great question. And, and I think something that students ask us a lot. I think one thing is to think about how you're going to introduce yourself to the employer when you finally get to the sort of front of that line. Um, I think sometimes you can say, you know, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm studying this. This is my, you know, I'm a junior. But I feel like a lot of students will sort of say that same thing. So instead of saying, you know, you're a major or you're, you're in school, you could say, like, hi, my name is Missy. I'm really excited to meet you. Um, I'm really passionate about um, solving problems, and that's why I'm studying chemical engineering. Like, I think talking about what you're passionate about, what you're excited about, you can kind of tuck your major into that. But I don't think, I feel like every student introduces themselves in sort of the same way to yeah. talk about what you're excited about, what you're passionate about. I think it sort of gets a conversation going, um, potentially in a different kind of way. Yeah, and I think in addition to that, um, to some of the verbal messaging that Missy is talking about are some of this nonverbal mm -hmm. uh, language, like maintaining eye contact with the employer. If a student is uncomfortable with that, and sometimes some students are because culturally it's not something that they were brought up with, it is important to try and get more comfortable with that and to practice that. Mm -hmm. In the American workforce, I think if you're avoiding eye contact with the person mm -hmm. you're speaking with, they're taking that as they don't really want to talk to me, mm -hmm. or um, there's something going on here, they don't really want to work here, why are they wasting my time? So um, the eye contact is a good thing to maintain. A good solid handshake is a good idea, not too hard and not too weak also. Um, you don't want to be like pumping their arm <laughs> really hard and yeah, kind of. Hulk Hogan them, right? Yes, yeah. right, yeah, making them gasp for air. Um, but you want a, a solid handshake. Pronouncing your name distinctly and correctly, like mm -hmm. what Missy said, hello, my name is Missy, or mm -hmm. hello, my name is Annette, it's very mm -hmm. nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. So um, those kinds of things, I mean, a lot of what happens in interviews uh, and in job searching can happen in the first three minutes, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it happens a lot in the first few minutes of an interview, mm -hmm. uh, and also the way you introduce yourself is... Uh, you know, there's a lot in there. There's a lot packed together. And I think one thing that you, you all can't see because you're listening to a podcast is that Annette was smiling the whole time <laughs> that she talked. And I think a smile is really important. Yes. I know we feel really nervous a lot of times at career fairs, which makes sense, right? But I think trying to smile through that, I think, especially in the American sort of culture, that's considered a very, like, positive thing. Um, so that's one thing I think students are sometimes are so nervous they forget to sort of try to look excited um, about the opportunity. I think that's important as well. Um, and I think also um, thinking about the sort of personal distance. So in certain cultures, sometimes people can talk really close to each other. And then in some cultures, people talk further away. So if you're ever getting close to like a recruiter and they kind of start backing away from you, it could be that you're maybe getting a little bit too close to them. So yeah. it's just, all, if anyone's ever backing away from you, that's a sort of a sign potentially that you're maybe getting too close to them. That's yeah. just another weird little little tidbit that I like to share. Note their body language, see uh -huh. what how they feel comfortable uh -huh. with you, and then adjust as you notice things. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think something that we talked about earlier is that you want to kind of have your list of employers to talk to. And I think sometimes it's helpful before you sort of go into the room, it's helpful to kind of gather your thoughts a little bit, like give yourself some like deep breaths, some like calm breathing. Because you could, I think it's really intimidating. Even for me to go to a career fair as a job seeker, there's just a lot of other people, there's a lot happening. So it's sort of kind of gather yourself together, I think, before you start talking to employers and kind of like center yourself. 
I think that's important. I also think my tips are always, if there's like three employers you're obsessed with, like go to one first that you don't care that much about and kind of like get your sort of jiggles and your nerves out and then you warm yourself up and then you go to the ones that you're sort of crushing on versus going to them first. Because I don't know, for me, the first one, I'm a little bit of a mess and I can pull myself together by like that second or third one I'm really on my game. So don't go to the ones you're obsessed with first, actually. Like you can go see them, but not first. Get yourself organized first before you start um, trying to uh, interact with employers. I, I definitely tell students to visit first the ones where you don't care what happens. If you mm -hmm. never hear from them again, no mm -hmm. big deal. Mm -hmm. And get your verbal introduction nice and warmed up. Mm -hmm. When you feel ready, that's when you go in for the kill. For the one that you're really, like, uh, mm -hmm. like she said, like mm -hmm. if you're obsessing about an mm -hmm. opportunity. Um, a couple of days ago, I had a student in my office, and she knew that in today's job fair that Red Bull was going to be there. Mm, yeah. And so she, I could tell just by the way she talked about it, she was going to come in with her documents ready. She already applied online for their Ooh. job. Um, she had letters of recommendation with her. So I told her, I said, don't go to them right away. Mm. Just pace yourself when you feel good and ready, then, mm -hmm. then you go to the ones where you really care what happens. But don't tell the employers, <laughs> the ones that you don't care what happens, don't tell mm -hmm. them that you're using them as a right. guinea pig. Mm -hmm. You want to make it sound like it's the real thing mm -hmm. each time. And I think my last piece of advice is as you're thinking about what you're going to say to an employer, look over job descriptions, look at what their company's about. Think of what skills you offer that make you a, the best fit. Because when you're talking to them, you can mention that. Like if it seems like they want somebody who can make Excel pivot tables and you can do that, don't make them read your whole resume to figure that out. You can mention that. Oh, yeah, I actually really like using Excel and I've used it to make pivot tables. I'd be excited to do that for you all. If it seems like that's a skill that they're looking for. So try to figure out which skills you have that are the best fit for what they want. So after all is said and done, you went to the career fair, you waited in this long line, mm -hmm. you made eye contact, you smiled, mm -hmm. you left the best impression you could. Mm -hmm. How should you follow up with employers? Well, it's uh, going back to what Missy said earlier about bringing a pen. And I had mentioned a portfolio. Mm -hmm. In the portfolio, make sure there's a pad of paper in there. And as Missy mentioned also, you're going to take notes about the conversation. Mm -hmm. You might talk to 10 employers in one day and if you're writing things down, you're going to remember, so, you know, RSM said to follow up within two weeks if I don't hear from them. So that's something that you would write down. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe some employers would say, if you don't hear from me next week, give me a call. You want to write that oh, yeah. down. Make sure you follow up on that. Um, the last thing you want to do is go to a career fair and then don't follow up at all. <laughs> um, the other most important thing, though, I think, is whether you were interested in the opportunity or not, whether you want it to go further or not, send a thank you to them. Either an email or a card is fine, too. I personally like emails because I think they're quicker um, and they're more immediate. And mm -hmm. all it has to be is dear Mr. or Ms. and their last name and then Thank you for your time at the internship and part-time job fair on January 30th or whatever date this is. Um, if you have any questions about my uh, qualifications, please contact me, and then you can leave your phone number and your email. So they'll get that hopefully within 24 hours of when you spoke with the rep. It's always good. Strike while the iron is hot. And uh, it, it will stick with them because there are people who won't bother to follow up at all. And I hear from students a lot, 
I went on this interview or I went to this job fair, I never heard back from them. And I'd say, did you call them? Oh, no. Was I supposed to do that? <laughs> and I said, if you call, it doesn't mean you'll get the job, but it might increase your chances. Yeah. And I think to Annette's point, like in that, that email is really important. And like she said, quickly, like you don't want to send it like, you know, a week later. Um, you know, you can also say, like, I enjoyed um, speaking with you about exposition or I enjoyed talking to you about, you know, ex-employer, ex-company. Thank you for your time. Um, you also, the reason you're taking notes is you also can mention something that they said in your conversation with them in that thank you. It just sort of shows attention to detail, shows that you were listening. Um, it's okay if they're more, a little bit more generic, but if you can sort of insert something that's a little bit more personal that you discuss, it just shows that you're really kind of paying attention and you're on point. I think that's important. Um, I think, and that's right, the email is generally pretty standard and that's a good thing to do. Occasionally, like a handwritten note can be helpful, especially if you're trying to make a, a super positive impression or they took so much time with you and you want to like really show your appreciation. Um, but you definitely want to follow up and a good way to follow up is to ask them too at the fair, you know, I'd like to follow up with you. Um, how do you prefer that I follow up? Or what do you suggest? How do you suggest that I follow up with you? Some of them will say, oh, send me an email. Some of them will say, you know what? Why don't you connect with me on LinkedIn? You can follow up with me that way. And you can send your little thank you via LinkedIn, or you potentially can also send it via email. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know personally, I'm super scared about following up, especially on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I feel if they see my face, like it's, they, I feel super exposed and stuff. But yeah, um, like Annette was saying, it's really good to follow up within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And then, as Miss, uh, Missy was saying, mention something that you guys talked about. Mm -hmm. um, it'll kind of jog their memory, too, about who you were. Exactly. Yeah, not only saying, like, oh, I paid attention to our conversation, but mm -hmm. hopefully you did, too. This is who I mm -hmm. am. Because mm -hmm. they're probably not going to remember your name mm -hmm. after talking to so many students throughout mm -hmm. the day. But I think about LinkedIn, I'm really glad you brought up that kind of makes you, like, a little uncomfortable. I think that's common for students because I think it's sort of seen as like the grown-up, you know, social media <laughs> yeah. or, you know, grown-up Facebook or whatever. And we definitely can help students with that. Like you can meet one-on-one -on -one with a career advisor. We could help a student work on their LinkedIn. We have workshops about LinkedIn. It's okay to feel intimidated by it. I know it's kind of weird and it feels, it could feel sort of icky, but actually it's such a great tool. Um, I think to sort of expand your network, there's jobs that are posted on LinkedIn, there's really great free events that are posted, so it's okay to feel a little weird about it, but I also think if you're not on it, you can miss out on opportunities, um, and sometimes employers will say, the best way to follow up with me is LinkedIn versus email, so if you don't have a LinkedIn, then it's sort of hard for you to follow up with them. Yeah, so definitely. It could, be a good, it could be a good conversation for, for another podcast, we could talk more yeah, about LinkedIn. Definitely. Yeah, because I have a LinkedIn right now. Um, I use it sometimes around career fair season mm -hmm. but then besides that I do not post on it at all all right Daisy you're gonna have to come in we're gonna we're gonna have to get it worked out <laughs> something I definitely got to work on so you guys mentioned how earlier um, some students might feel nervous talking to employers at career mm -hmm. fairs mm -hmm. how would you recommend students calm these nerves besides getting like the trial runs out of the way what are mm -hmm. some methods they can use to like calm themselves so I think you've probably been uh, familiar with this in other contexts, like before you go in for an exam, there's ways to calm yourself down. I think taking deep breaths, very slow breathing, uh, inhale, exhale, if it helps in the morning for you to meditate and, and that calms your nerves, mm -hmm. I would definitely do that. Um, try not to fidget too much. Uh, trying to keep the body language still will signify to the rest of you that you want to remain calm. Uh, these are small little things, but you definitely, if you have gum or candy in your mouth, you want to get rid of that kind of stuff. That's just going to increase your nerves a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
no no drinks you know I would just ditch all that you know before you get in the door um, but that might help mm -hmm. uh, some people actually like to sing a little bit in the morning when they leave the when they leave the house <laughs> that's actually what I do when I'm in line at the mm -hmm. career fairs. Oh, really? I'll sing to myself like mm -hmm. in my head mm -hmm. and I'll kind of make eye contact with the employers and mm -hmm. smile at them mm -hmm. while I'm in line and that calms me down I'm like okay oh. like they know I'm friendly so they won't be as like tough on me I guess in my mind but I think yeah. that's good because you figured out like what works well for you mm -hmm. I think also sometimes I think applicants students whatever can see these kind of career fairs or job fairs as like life or death like oh my gosh if I don't have like the best conversation with Google like it's over like I'm never gonna get a job there I'm never gonna get an internship there yes these are important there's a, a chance for you to in person talk to an employer versus uploading your resume but these are generally not make or break or you know types of events in your life and so you just, I think sometimes our nerves get really high when we feel like sort of our whole future is riding on this, you know, two-minute interaction. And, like, I don't think that that's necessarily true. Um, so I think sometimes we're so nervous because we're sort of, it's a little bit out of proportion to sort of what the event is all about. Um, I think also if you prepare yourself, and hopefully not just the night before, but like a couple days before, doing your research, getting your notes ready, I think that sometimes I mentally remind myself, well, I, I did this already, I've done this, I'm ready, I'm really excited, and kind of mentally give yourself a little minute, like a mini pep talk on the train, on your walk over, and remind yourself of all the hard work that you've done so that you're ready to go and that you're professional enough to be able to converse with employers. Um, I think that prep work is, is really crucial. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know coming to the workshops here at the Career Services have definitely helped me out a lot in terms of preparation for career fairs. Mm -hmm. Good. And then also, for students that are naturally friendly outside of like a professional context, um, I would recommend just keeping that going when you're at the career fair because we think of this as a very, you know, it is a very professional event, mm -hmm. but also a lot of these people are human, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I got my first internship with a booth that I had never heard about the company, mm -hmm. but it was decorated very nicely and they had little caricatures on it. Mm -hmm. So I just approached them and I was like, oh my God, like your table is so cool, this and that. And we got to talking and they were telling me about their mission statement and it just so happened that I was working in something that was very similar and mm -hmm. I ended up getting an internship mm -hmm. with them because I had a natural conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Th that's a great yeah. example of like you also, they took a chance on you, but you took a chance on them. Even though you hadn't heard of them, you liked how they were decorated and that kind of started like a nice conversation. Yeah. I think that's also a good point. Sometimes when you're waiting in line a long time, you can even tell the recruiter looks tired. Yep. You know, if there's 30 <laughs> students in line, you know, they just look drained. It's okay to say like, how are you doing? Like, man, like, it seems like it's been a busy morning. Like, I think recruiters appreciate, like, that human piece yep. and not sort of just talking to them like they're a robot. Like, it's okay to ask them how they're doing as well. I can tell that I've seen recruiters will, like, write that down. That, like, oh, the student, like, checked in with me and just treated me respectfully, not just, like, give me a job, like, kind of robot type of thing. Yeah, it's very daunting as, well, I haven't been a recruiter, but I can just imagine recruiters talking to a student, but also seeing this long line exactly. behind who they're talking to, and it's like you can't really keep the focus, you know, mm -hmm. on who you're speaking with. Depending on the company, I think um, some of the reps are pretty used to that, and so they pace themselves mm -hmm. accordingly, and... Mm -hmm. Those firms generally bring more than one rep, so there mm. might be three reps there just to keep up with the, the pace of it. Mm. Um, I was going to say exactly what you had said about remember that the reps are human. They're not expecting, when they meet with students, they're not expecting some perfect person mm. with a perfect 
elevator pitch. Um, they're looking for somebody who can hold an intelligent conversation, somebody who did the research ahead of time, and that's obvious in what they're saying and coming across. That makes a really good impression. That's all you really need to worry about at a job fair. How can you make the best impression possible to get a phone call for an interview, and then you go in person and sell yourself on the interview? But that's the big takeaway for the job fair. How do you stay memorable? Ultimately, you want to make them want to work with you. And, mm -hmm. and they don't want to work with someone that's not friendly. So, right. yeah. Right. Sound like a career advisor. That's good, that's good, that's good advice. <laughs> yeah, so um, just thank you so much, Annette and Missy, for speaking with us today. I hope, I think, well, I know that a lot of students will find this very useful. I know personally I find it very useful talking to you guys and just coming to all of the workshops you guys have. Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening, everyone. And... We'll see you at the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Come see us. <laughs>